0: Just give a better clap offering to Jesus, will you please? Go on, give him a clap offering. We deserve our praise. Give him a clap offering. We deserve our praise. We deserve our praise. I can feel it better here than there. Maybe I have to shift from here. Give him a clap, will you please? Come on, shout amen. I came to tell you something tonight. You haven't asked me to say it. I came to tell you something tonight. You are a people of great prophetic destiny. I came to tell you tonight that God Almighty is in the midst of you. The shout of the king is amongst you. You have a great, decisive future. Yeah. If I have said this one in Bolgatanga, they would have. Fun. The shout of the king is amongst you. is intact in the hands of God. You are about to take over this future and nothing can stop you. The shout of Jehovah is announced you. Come on, shout Amen. Ask me what I see. I see people who are more than conquerors. I see a generation that is taking over. And you and you and you are part of that generation. Nothing can stop you. Look at a brother or sister beside you and tell him, nothing can stop you. Yes, you are unstoppable. Hallelujah. Lift up your two hands and bless the name of the Lord. Will you please bless him? He deserves it. Glory, hallelujah. Moshandarabasa. shandarabasa. He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead. He is Lord. Every telephone. Let's read the word of God together, standing. (laughs) Aren't we sharing it together? I'm going to be standing for the next hour. Yes, it's a good deal. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 17. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 17. 2nd Timothy chapter 4 verse 5. 1st Timothy chapter 4 verse 12. Can I read? 1st Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16. Therefore I urge you. Imitate me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere, in every church. Hallelujah. Yeah. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. Hmm. verse 16 to 17 then the 11 disciples went away to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus has appointed for them when they saw him they worshiped him but some doubted and Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth 19 go in therefore and make disciples of all the nations Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 20. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. But you be watchful in all things and afflictions do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Hallelujah! I'll read the last one and you sit down. Amen. Yeah. There is a game we used to play in Ghana, we call it Chimpan. Yeah. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Let no man despise your youth. Can you say it after me? Let no man despise your youth. But be an example to the believers believers. in word, in In conduct, in In love, In love. In in spirit, in faith, impurity let's pray together father grant oh god that tonight again we'll encounter your word and let the power of your word go through the inner recesses of our beings and change and transform us I pray oh god that there will be a revelation amongst us tonight that at which you purpose For your people be accomplished in Jesus name this thing shall shout and say "Amen." amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord that was a good one you can go ahead people of God I believe it's good to be together again at this August conference, sharing together precious insights out of the Holy Scriptures. Truths which I believe have been good to me, and I trust that they are going to be good to you as well. Amen. Shout amen. amen. I have attached a great deal of importance to the ministry of the Word, particularly at this place, because I am aware. Is Jesus coming soon? Yeah. I am aware that the synopsis or the fallout of this instruction are going to inform the life of many of you for a long time, if not the rest of your lives. Several years ago, I sat in a camp meeting like this and by the time I left that meeting there's been a paradigm shift in my whole thinking and because of that I do believe that sitting in this place you are never going to become the same amen. shout amen, amen. it would be a point of reference and a course of retreat unto the Lord all the days of your life God is going to meet you at a point of your need. Amen. Something about you is going to be shifted. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me begin by saying thank you to our national head, Apostle Usuefriye, and his executives, for counting me worthy to be in the main speaker of this conference. And thank you also to my own pastor, Dr. Deborah and the youth executives for inviting me to be part of this meeting. I want to thank all the ministers, in fact, all the area heads from Pastor Sam and uh, Apostle Bonner and everybody. God bless all of you. Amen. Amen. Let me dare to inform you, my friends, that these meetings are not meant for a fanfare. it is not a season for sightseeing but it is a holy convocation unto the Lord God Almighty hallelujah hallelujah beginning from today what I'm going to be talking about is I am an example and from tonight I'm going to talk about a theme I called Making His Priority My Zealous Passion. Making His Priority My Zealous Passion. As you already know, the theme for, or the focus of this meeting is I am an example. Everybody scream and say, I am an example. Am. In other words, I am a standard or a pattern. Something to be looked up to. In other words, you are not to be looked down on as though you are a mediocre or an entity or something insignificant. But you must be looked up to. Paul the apostle said to Timothy a young minister in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12 in the amplified version he says let no one despise or think less of you because you are a young person but as a young person be an example, a pattern for the believers in speech in conduct in love, in faith impurity hallelujah the Hyman International Student Bible defines example as a person or thing that represents others of the same kind something that shows the usual use meaning of something a person or thing that is good enough to be copied Therefore the call to be an example Is not abstract Being an example Or copies of what Or of whom is a question Being examples As Christians Finds its tangibility Not in us or others But in Christ Jesus the absolute Amen. Many people Look up to the wrong standards The world today deifies performing artists as their model and I have watched and watched if they want to give anything to glorify people they give to people who are into performing arts but everything they put out there is not a reality and so many of us have our modules as people Who are performing at ease. And as we watch them and look at them, we come to a point in life where we become disappointed. Because we find in them not the absolute, but people who point out later on to be failures in life. They are actors and performers. They are not realities. The apostle Paul urges the Corinthian church to imitate him. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, as an example. But example of whom or what? In Paul was not the absolute, but we imitate Paul. Paul said, imitate me just as I also imitate the Lord Jesus Christ in first corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 and so the ultimate person who can be our standard which we are called to imitate and look at and dare to be like in all endeavor of our lives is the lord jesus christ oh come on here The Lord Jesus is our only standard and model of example In this Christian faith His earthly life and ministry His attitudes, his actions, his words and deeds Left us an example to emulate in this life And for ministry If we are being asked to be examples The kind of examples that we are being asked to Is that kind of examples that we find in Jesus he's our only standard too many people talk about Jesus and they said behold he has done all things well amen. oh come on shout amen. amen one woman watched her and watched her until at a point in time he screamed and said blessed is that breast which you suck come on hallelujah just a little while before I became a minister the Lord was gracious to me and gave me a powerful vision three o'clock in the afternoon I was still praying in the church when all of a sudden I saw three people walk into the church Some looked alike and all of them were carrying cases in their hands but one in the middle was carrying a very beautiful case designer case and then he asked me a very pertinent question which of these cases will you want to can I ask you the same question which of the cases do you think I will choose why Because of the design, give yourself a clap, offering. friend. (laughs) Nobody will need to tell you this. But I looked at the design, I looked at each golden plates, and I said to him, I like this one. He began to laugh. He laughed so hard and gave it to me. When I opened it, it was a big Bible. He added the two cases to that big Bible and gave it to me. From that day on, my thinking and perspective changed. But one other thing that was at that revelation was that he became one person and then he said, follow me. It was a brief vision, but following him, he would begin to mount a step like a wall and he will be going. Then he said, Come. Anywhere he puts his feet and I put my feet in the same place, my leg gets stick to the place. But anytime he puts it down and I look at the place and I think in my own mind that no, he made a mistake. He should have put it here. If I put my leg there, I'll begin to slim and come down, sleep. And so I followed him until I came to myself and realized that hey, I am having a vision. And that is how come I became a pastor. But folks, I've not been preaching for a long time, but probably beyond 20 years. I've trained up people i have by the grace of god children who have gone out of university and uh, i have lived in many places some in village in towns and all kinds of things i can tell you this fact that each time i become wise in my own thinking and realize lo let me take it another step i begin to sleep but each season I begin to put my feet into his path. The journey had been smooth. Provision had been there. Protection has been there. The journey has been to its end. Come on, shout amen. And that is why I have come to tell you in this meeting that in case you have been watching your friends and watching people around you and watching people on the television and all kinds of unseen people, there is somebody else which is the perfect example and model that when you follow, you cannot make a mistake. And he is... The only example absolute for every man or woman who is here and who is ever desired to make it in life. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Amen. Come on, shout amen. amen. Knowing and understanding Him daily as He is encountered in the Holy Scriptures, live one with a perfect. Godly and divine standard examples to follow, as Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 For my determined purpose is that I know him. I'm reading the amplified version that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly and that i may in that same way come to know the power are flowing from his resurrection which it exerts over believers and that i may so share his suffering as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness even to his death in hope that i possibly i may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection That lets me out from among the dead Even while in the body Not that I have now attained this ideal Or am already made perfect But I press on Come on shout amen I press on to lay hold or grasp Or make my own For which Jesus Christ my Messiah Has laid hold of me And made me his own Philippians 3 10 to 12. I have come to tell you my friend to focus in on Jesus. Do you did you bring your bible? Open your bible to Matthew chapter 14. Quickly. And let us begin to read from verse number 23. Hmm. Matthew 14 verse 23. And when he had sent the multitude away he went up on the mountain by himself to pray everybody said he went to pray. Yes, pray now when evening came he was alone there but the boat was now in the middle of the sea tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. What was Jesus doing? And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. What did he do? What did he do? Supposing it was you. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sing, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. This scripture is describing a journey of life. Everybody say, A journey of life. Here is Jesus who has traveled with his disciples. And listen Every one of you sitting here Listening to my voice Is going to one point in time Be faced with this kind of journey of life And it depends on What you focus on Or what you decide to see When he was tired He told them and said I'm going to pray and come back They have waited until very late in the night And he was not coming instantly while they were still in the boat they saw him walking on the water coming towards their direction and there was a scatter on the sea some of the people say hey there is a ghost coming our direction I was wondering what was happening there whether some of them wanted to fall into the water or stand come on come on come on But Jesus quickly spoke to them and said, don't be scared, don't be afraid, it is I. And so he walked towards them and came into the boat. But as soon as he was about to land in, Peter watched him and said, Jesus, if it is really you, ask me to come. So he looked at him and said, come Peter. I was standing in the Bible reading it, watching Peter walking on the sea. The Bible says he started walking hello I don't know what started getting into his head me Peter walking on the sea what will you have done if it was you give him a clap offering will you please I have always been imagining myself walking on the sea me walking on the sea but a little while the guy came to himself while walking on the sea and began to think that, oh, this is me. This is Peter walking on the sea. And so he looked side and looked to the other side and lost his focus on the Jesus who was coming towards him. And when he did, the Bible says instantly he saw how boisterous the wind is. And instantly he began to sink see as long as peter was focused in on jesus his walking on the sea was smooth come on shout amen as long as a young man or a young woman will fix his gaze on jesus and move towards his direction his future is setting As long as he will fix his gaze on Jesus His destiny is intact Whatever belongs to him will come to him Because Jesus is his focus And Jesus is his gaze There is no other standard set for you and set for I Whether I'm a minister or I'm a young person, from the beginning of my life to the end of my life, what is imperative for me and for you is to fix our gaze solely on Jesus. And as long as Peter fixed his gaze on Jesus, he was going and he was walking. He was living in the miraculous. But as soon as he turned his eyes and began to see the situation that are all around him, instantly, he began to sink. Then Jesus looked at him and gave him a hand and pulled him out. Then he said, young man, why did you doubt? Shout Amen and so my first point in this meeting is to come and inspire you the confidence that the only person that has been given to you as a standard to look up to to watch is no other person but the lord jesus christ so lift up your right hand and say he is my standard, is my standard. oh come on say it with passion he is my and mention his name jesus. ask the person beside you who is your standard and tell him who your standard is can you ask me up here want to know who I look up to Jesus the son of the living God come on shout amen Amen. he's the greatest example nobody looks up to him and ever makes a mistake shout amen. amen if you rely on him you will get to the conclusion he is the Alpha and the Omega. The Bible calls him the beginning and the end. He is the faithful and the Amen. amen. Oh, come on here. Amen. Come on here. Amen. And I came to inspire a testimony into a certain young, or young man or woman. Ask me about my testimony. Amen. Jesus is faithful. ask me about my testimony Amen. Jesus is faithful Amen. if you have never heard anything at all in this meeting, as you go back put it at the back of your head that he is dependable Amen. if he says he will take you to cross to the end he will take you and cross you to the end he's the only one that you can depend upon and depend upon absolutely Jesus the Lord in this generation many things are happening all over the world and people's faith are getting shattered and people are missing up their way because they are missing their module and they are missing their standard but the pattern that God has set in front of you is not anybody but Jesus the son of the living God amen. come on shout amen, amen. hallelujah Hallelujah. If Jesus is our example. Then it suffices us to look through the scriptures. Find out all the things that he did as an example and emulate. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. How many of you want to be examples of Jesus? be his realities on earth, so that when people see you, they have seen Jesus? I do. So whether I am a preacher, or whether I am a student, or whoever I find myself to be, my greatest model or example is Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hmm. And one of the greatest examples of Jesus in this scripture which I find to be his priority. As an example, his greatest and foremost priority for living is one. Can I say it? Is the preaching of the good news of the kingdom of God. This place is too quiet. This place is too quiet. How many of you still want to be examples of Jesus? If you want to be an example of Jesus, his greatest example is that he came to preach the gospel. He's the greatest or perfect example of the New Testament evangelist portrayed in the Bible. What Paul said to Timothy, which we read, is that do the work of an evangelist. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 5 Can simply be paraphrased As be an example of Christ The word evangelist Means simply a bearer of good news Or the gospel And the word gospel implies the good news Jesus was a bearer of the good news Now yesterday Our pastor read for us The inauguration The inaugural message which Jesus read in Isaiah chapter 61. You remember that? He announced his public ministry in Nazareth. He read from Isaiah's prophecy in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1. And in that scripture, he told the people in the synagogue that he had come to fulfill that prophecy. Maybe we need to read it quickly. Isaiah chapter 61. Can we read? He read and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion and to give them beautiful ashes and oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And he closed it and put it down. This same scripture is the one which is echoed in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to 19. His first announcement an outreach into the world In this scripture, he proclaimed his mission in in that prophecy were two. The first and foremost is that the spirit of God had anointed him to evangelize to the poor. And the second is to proclaim freedom for prisoners. His first announcement and outreach into the world was recorded in Mark chapter 1 verse 14 to 15. It is recorded that after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. His initial preaching was that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is near. Men should repent and believe in the gospel. Everybody shout amen. In Acts of Apostles chapter 10 verse 38, it was confirmed that he was anointed by God moving from one location to another location, exhibiting the good things of God, preaching about the kingdom of God, healing the sick, and delivering all who are oppressed by the devil. Shout amen. Amen. Shout amen. Amen. Shout amen. amen. The greatest priority of Jesus our Messiah When he came down on this earth Is to preach the gospel Of the good news Of the kingdom of God And that is what He committed his whole life And attitude to I am driving this To a very common purpose For your destiny in this place Jesus committed himself To the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom As his first priority Push your your hand like this for me to see. What was his priority? And he refused to be tied down to one location. The accounts in chapter one of the Gospel of Mark suggest that his preaching had brought him very great fame. People in the city of Galilee had gathered at his door or his residence to make a demand upon his ability sudden, Jesus has become very, very great. Ask me if I want to be very great. Yes. Can you answer for me? Yes. What do you suggest? Yes. Shout amen. amen. But he had become very, very great. And as you look at Mark chapter one, the Bible says from verse 32 going, it says at evening. When the sun has set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed, and the whole city was gathered together at his door. Hello? Ask me what I will do. Hey. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases, And cast out many devils And he did not allow the demons to speak Because they knew him Now in the morning Having risen a long while before daylight He went out and departed to a solitary place And there he prayed And Simon and those who were with him Searched for him When they found him They said to him Everyone is looking for you Wow Shout amen how many of you know I'm a preacher? You know I'm a preacher? And look at me, finding myself in this picture. Ask me what I will do. It has happened to me before. I lived in Kumasi where, when it is January, everybody is running to where my church is. I went to a Salmancus, it happened to me the same way. In Accra... I even have Muslims putting their mariafi from their neck Hiding it somewhere and trying to come So I was putting myself in Jesus' picture Then I said, hey, if it were me sure. My attitude and everything will have to change I have to wear some kind of long jacket Amen. Grow some very powerful beard It's because the Bible says everybody is looking for me And when you listen to radio nowadays You begin to hear it If you take a, a lorry and you come to this place And you ask for that place You will find me here And they will give their titles a very long one In the midst of great fame All of a sudden from somebody who is from Nazareth He has become a figure that everybody is looking for, and so people change in the midst of fame. You understand what I'm saying? And that was what happened to Jesus. He was living in the place of a good revival. And for us as pastors, if your station is going on like that, suddenly your assembly becomes thousand, two thousand, three thousand. Hey! Hello? Everybody, including the king of the town or the chief, all the people in the town were looking for him, and the disciples came to tell him, Jesus, everybody is looking for you. I was looking for his reaction because the people were important, and I thought that Jesus who said, Let us go to the people. And see what we can do for them. At least I can demonstrate a miracle or two. I'm still preaching. I'm still preaching. But he refused to stay in that town. If you go a little further, said, but he said to them, Let us go into the next towns. So why? That I may preach there also. Because for this purpose I have come to this world. He refused to stay in one town. He despised the fame, the comfort of the city and the influence of the revival. He rather suggested that they move into the next place where nobody knew him that he may preach there also. When you read Luke chapter 4 verse 43 or Mark chapter 1 Verse 37 to 38, it says, When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. Because for this purpose, I have come forth. What purpose brought him to this world? His purpose was that he would preach the gospel of the kingdom. And that was his first And greatest priority. He prioritized preaching of the gospel as the main focus of his ministry. Being moved in compassion for the lost souls, Jesus asked that we should pray to the Father for the supply of harvesters for this season. Mark chapter 1, verse 38, Mark chapter 6, verse 56, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. Luke chapter 13 verse 22 when Jesus met a woman a Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 verse 4 to 3 the Bible shows that Jesus was so much prioritized his ministry that he sacrificed his fame he sacrificed his dignity he sacrificed his glory and honor for the sake of the gospel of the kingdom And that was his priority for living. In John chapter 4 verse 31 to 38, number 1, he sacrificed his fame by going into the land of Samaritans for the sake of the gospel. Praise the Lord. He was not supposed to walk through the land of the Samaritans because they were considered outcasts. But Jesus, for the sake of the gospel, went through it. And he sacrificed his own fame. He sacrificed his dignity as a prophet. And a Jew talking to a Samaritan woman. Whom a Jew, simple Jew, must not talk about. But Jesus sacrificed his dignity. It is like you being met in a strange night probably a prostitute in an obscured corner somewhere where nobody expects you to be but for the sake and priority of the gospel he gave up his dignity he sacrificed his honor by hanging out alone in the night beside a whale with a woman who is considered an outcast for the sake the gospel he determined to go hungry for the sake of prioritizing the gospel of the kingdom to save souls and afterwards my friends Jesus conditioned his disciples to be first and foremost driven by the preaching of the gospel everywhere I'm saying all these things this first day because I am driving you to a focus until every one of us Will come to this place Where we we'll begin to make The preaching of the gospel Our priority We have not started To be examples of him His priority Must become Our zealous passion Everywhere we find ourselves, as we leave this place and we are going out, nobody can adequately say he is an example until that person has come to the place where he has begun to challenge his life as a witness. Jesus conditioned his disciples to be first and foremost driven by the gospel. The last instruction he gave on earth to his disciples, what has come to be known as the great commission is in Matthew chapter 28, verse 17 to 18 and Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 16, which we read. This great commission still remains the foremost assignment and wish of the master for the end time church of Christ. The church cannot exist without this commission, or rather the church exists on earth primarily to fulfill this great commission. The early disciples of Christ, including the 12 apostles, pursued this agenda with great passion. In Mark chapter 8, verse 25, it's the Bible said they took the world by storm and took the gospel to every part of the world. Shout Amen. The disciples of Christ considered the Great Commission as the last words and wish of the resurrected Lord. Pursued evangelism of the nations, cities, and villages without looking back. Read Matthew chapter 28 verse 17 to 20. And read Mark 16, 15 to 16. Read Acts chapter 8 verse 25 and Matthew chapter 16 verse 20. And read Mark chapter 6 verse 12 And Acts chapter 8 verse 4 And Acts chapter 14 verse 21 Shout Amen This great commission my friends Which I am calling making his priority Your zealous passion Is still the great commission For the Lord Jesus Christ To the Christian church today If there is any task Most ardent or most urgent to be undertaken by the church, that it is this task of preaching the good news. Every other task and mandate is superficial. You are too quiet. The greatest desire of the Lord Jesus Christ is his ardent passion for souls. The value of every single soul The cost of a soul He considers priceless Testimony abounds today Of Christians and even Christian ministers Trading their souls to the devil But I came to ask you something Hello 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 Hello? Don't think that I don't believe That other things are important I have preached in places where people have to walk several kilometers to the nearest health post. And pregnant women have to be carried for 14 kilometers before they can have health care. And so ordinarily, in my mind, I think that if they get a hospital, it is good. But the scripture asks us a very important question. What can a man give? in exchange for his soul if he gains the whole world and loses his soul the Lord God values the souls of men more than any other thing I'm coming your avenue for what will it profit benefit will be the church the sole agent of the only true gospel of salvation If he provides all things to all men by end up sending them to hell. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is closer today than his days on earth. For his days are described as the last days. Then we are in the last minutes of the last days. For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Mark chapter 8 verse 38. The Luke's version says, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? Luke nine twenty five. It therefore requires that the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of salvation, must be preached with much more urgency. And Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and 7 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes. Come on, shout amen. amen. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. This salvation here implies healing. It implies deliverance. It implies salvation of souls for eternity and soundness of mind and emotions. And it is the gospel that has answer to these things. There are many other factors militating against the growth of the church who requires that agency and attention be given to the preaching of the gospel. For instance, in the West where we live today, the increasing effect of secularism in the society is gradually reducing the influence of the church and general Christianity. Have you observed it? Too many of churches we used to be here are being sold today. And they are being used for other, other things and other purposes which were not intended for. Some are even buying some of the churches and creating them into mosque. Amen. Shout amen. amen. Are you here? Amen. The church is no longer alive in the west where you live. This place where religion was brought from to us has now become liberal and secular and the church is dying everywhere in our schools and in many other places the church is even being challenged not to operate at all the societies in the world are argued to be becoming anti-God and anti-religion due to secularization they are therefore said to be producing offspring or generation who does not know God appreciate or acknowledge god the heartlands of christianity are gradually shifting or have shifted from the west to other location in the southern hemisphere the increase of islam and other religious factors such as false gospel and misrepresentations of the christian faith increase of satanism and false signs and wonders the decadence and corruption in the world is becoming a hindrance to the spread of the gospel all around us. Look into my eyes folks. I began by telling you this. That you are people of destiny. Everybody shout and say we are people of destiny. We are people of destiny. Lift up your right hand and say it again. We are of and I have been sent to come and challenge you. The challenge is that You are not accident Seeking for somewhere to happen You are the last Dependence of God Almighty God Is looking up to you Not too long ago One of our apostles Brought his two children Are you here? To Ghana. And he brought them to Walewale. So they went to Narerigu and came back to Walewale and he brought them to Bolgatanga. Bolgatanga is the city of God. That is where Jesus goes to church shout amen Amen. and when they came to my house I asked them what did you see and two of them began to cry I said what did you see he said we didn't know that people in this world live in the way these people live live in such abject poverty Walk, such several distances to the places they go. So I asked them, have you asked your mother where she lived? They said yes. I said, what did she say? She said, she took us to where she was born. Then I said to them, you will definitely have been born in the same place, but for the destiny which hangs on your neck. Lift up your right hands. I'm beginning to tell you what I have to tell you. Ask me to tell you. Can I tell you? You are not an accident in this place. You are not somebody seeking for somewhere to happen. You are a child of destiny. Ask me what my destiny is in 1940s almighty god gave a prophecy to your great grandfathers and said to them that i am bringing a nation out of black africa and that nation i am going to cause that nation to go everywhere in the world and bring the gospel He began to do it powerfully until he came again and changed the prophecy and said, Now it will not only be Africa, but it's going to be beyond the nations of Africa. In 1997 and 1978 and 1979, there was a very powerful prophecy in this church. And God spoke and said, I am going to cause famine and hardship to come into all the lands of Africa. And when it happens, I am going to cause people from this continent to move into all the rest of the world. And then my motive will be that I will spread the gospel through them. Then the end will come. And so in 1980 to 1981, the prophecy began to come to pass. For people who were like my age in Ghana, thought that it was just famine. But no, it was a prophecy of God. And from 1983, Pastor Sam and Pastor Bonan, those people would tell you a truth, that there was a great famine. Do you remember that? Huh? You were here. You remember? The famine was so severe, shout amen, amen, that all of a sudden, people from our continent in Africa started spreading through the whole of the world. And tell you what, here in the, in the UK, from the 1990 coming forth, people started gathering here. There were no mean people. Some of them were working, working with the UN Some of them were students who have come here. Some of them were teachers. Some of them have come to look for greener pastures. By some strange mist, every one of every five person, a Ghanaian, began to travel. And as they traveled, a mystery began to unfold. The mystery is this. That as they gathered themselves in a small place... They said to themselves, "Let us form a church." Yes. And the COP began to unfold from that time on. The only single church, which has had very less succession. nobody gets into this church and decide to break it by force. As they form it, they go and inform the the, 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 the people. And they come to form a church for them. They bring them a pastor to overlook it. And the people started the increasing. Here, Italy, UK, US, Canada, all over the place. They started gathering. Amen. Shout amen. They started forming and building big churches. But tell you what, the purpose of God was that as they bring the gospel, Did you hear Pastor Kwachi speak yesterday? Have you heard my donation today? Can you compare the two? The language he said yesterday, I I, I heard only three thirds. We'll stop this. Child, amen. You can distinctly see that he's a breed from this place. And what God intend to do is that after the parents who brought you have given children and have scattered them into this place, just like God spoke to Abraham and said, I'm going to bless you because I know that you will teach your children and your children's children to know me and to fear me so that I bless you it will happen in their lives that they are children like you and you and you and you. will take the gospel of Jesus Christ so you are not here by chance your destiny for being here is that God intends that through you and by you the message of the Lord Jesus Christ will spread in every corner of this place that where your fathers and your mothers have not dared They have not been listening to. You will take the gospel there. Come on, shout amen. And so I am here tonight to challenge you. That this season is not a season for dancing. It's a season for serious business. The serious business is that there is a people in this land. Whom only you can reach with the gospel your father's cannot do it my accent will even put them off because it will tell them from where I'm coming from but you are the one ordained by God for that purpose to be established come on shout, amen when I sat yesterday and I saw you and I saw your pastor preaching I said to myself, I know of a certainty that I'm not needed in this place anymore. God has begun his work. Oh, come on, you didn't hear what I said. Your platform is too small. I wanted a way I could come to your avenue. And I have come to tell you this prophetic destiny in your life. That God has not brought you here by chance or by accident. But the time has gone. That we spoke about in 1978 and 1979. This is the season. And the season is that you are the one that he has laid his hands upon. That you and you and you and you will emulate Jesus. And emulate him as an example. By making the gospel your priority. And live the gospel everywhere you go. Without shutting your mouth. If we fail in this, we are finished. Look into my eyes. I'm talking into your life. Probably you need to know, some of you are asking questions. I've been to school. I've trained my intellect extensively. I am an engineer. I'm a medic. All of a sudden, the pastor comes to me and they speak to me and they say, Hey, will you make your mind and become a preacher? I remember that day when I was sent in my house, to go and tell Apostle Kumi Wood, he was uh, an elder or something, he had just been trained from Canada as the first wood technologist. And I got up at dawn and went to knock at his door. And when he opened the door, I said, I have a news for you. He said, sit down. He and his wife. His wife is a bilingual secretary trained from Cape Coast University. We sit down, he was a lecturer at the University of KNUST. I look into his eyes and I said, I have a message for you. He said, Oh, Pastor, you are welcome. Please say it. I said, The Lord has come to tell me to come and warn you that your season of being a lecturer is finished. You are supposed to preach the gospel. He said, "How I am a wood techno- technologist." I said, "Your wood technologist remains in this house from today." Amen. So please wait. Let me call my wife. Somebody asked me to stop preaching. Ask me to stop preaching. Ask me to stop preaching. For this cause, you were born for this cause you were sent here for this cause you are given this great privilege that you are given that no matter what you find yourself you may be a medic you may be an aerospace scientist you may be a nurse or a social worker you don't be complacent with where you are sitting. Because there is a time set on your neck. You are a child of destiny. God intention for you in this place is that the gospel of the kingdom will be alive and preached in every corner of this land. Somebody scream and shout amen. Yeah. That is why you can live anywhere you want to live. That is why you can't do what you want to do. The responsibility of our fathers as they sit here is to become blacksmiths who will fashion weapons for battle. Am I talking to some pastors? Train our young people how to become arrows and spears, weapons that are sharp to send the gospel and train them, inspire them the confidence that they can because the God of their fathers is with them. This church is a church of history. And the history is that right from the beginning, it is the young people that carried the baton of the gospel. From 16 to 25 years, they opened churches everywhere and God worked with them with the demonstration of power and of the spirit. And I am telling you that in this meeting, the spirit of Jehovah is going to come upon you. Come on, shout amen. Some of you are going to be changed permanently. The power of God will just come upon your life. And upon your life will stream forth the beauty of Jesus. You will heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils. And when you speak, people who are bound by the devil will be released. Somebody scream and shout amen. 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 And lift up your two hands and say I'm a child of destiny. Say it with passion. Say it with passion. Your fathers have finished their work. And in case you are forgotten, ask them, they will tell you how they have to go through some things before they will even get visas to sit here. Some of them have their marriages broken. Some of them have their lives irrepaired. And they cannot come back to it again. But all of a sudden, the reason is gone out of us. And everybody sit down in his house and think that, ah, I am so fortunate. I brought one of you to my house. And when he saw a cockroach, he climbed up to my bed. He didn't come back again. I'm saying you are fortunate. Otherwise, you will be sleeping with rats. But God has been gracious. Look into my eyes. Can I still preach? Or you are angry? Are you angry? And Kumi Wu spoke to me and said, go and sleep, Pastor. Tomorrow I'll come back with my wife and tell you the decision we have had. And the two of them came to my house. And his wife looked at me. He said, Pastor, I guess you know that I'm a bilingual secretary. I said, yes, I do. But God says, and the man said, well, if the Lord says it, that same day when he's bound to come back and do his doctorates was the day God was calling him. And when they took him, they sent him to a place called Sokom. Yeah. But I said to him, God might not be fair like this. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> From Canada to Nsokom. But the Bible says, he who does not give his life will lose it. God is calling you tonight. And he's calling you for the gospel. He's calling you for the spread of his name. Shout amen. amen. So look at the person beside you and tell him you are a child of destiny. And look at him again and say, God is watching you closely. And he has a purpose for your life. You are a child of destiny. Cause his priority. To be your zealous passion. Shout amen if you will. go on don't stop (laughs) see folks what we have is not a bad one the the gospel message has a content you will ask me if i'm going to go what am i going to say It has a content and 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 hallelujah it is the only thing that hold answer to the world and the gospel seeks to answer this vital question of life have you been born again have you been washed and cleansed by the blood of jesus for the remission of your sins have you been redeemed and justified by the blood of the lamb have you encountered the son of god in whom alone is life every man or woman is destined for either the kingdom of god or the kingdom of hell jesus encountered nico the demos a pharisee and a ruler of the jews and he discussed with him the question of life and how to be born again it is the most vital question for all humanity and the answer To this important question of why. Is the reason why you should carry the gospel everywhere. Shout amen. Amen. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believed in him. Should not perish. Hallelujah. The gospel is the only answer for life. Today, I was watching a test. And here are young men, zealous, in the name of Allah, Akbar, Breaking relics. And putting bombs around them. And killing people. Look into my eyes. You may not take lightly a laugh. Yet, there is no life in what they have. Only a fact that one day they will have 70 virgins to marry. Ideally, in this place, if you want 70 virgins, you can have them. What's your trouble by killing yourself? Are you listening to what I'm saying? But for us, have been committed the only gospel of life. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes. Somebody shout amen. amen. So you dare to preach it. The gospel is the only assurance of a savior. this message must be preached in its holistic form the message of the gospel of the kingdom of god is in two parts there is a part of the gospel that assures us of god's salvation for mankind in the birth in the death and resurrection of the messiah or savior of the world isaiah chapter nine verse 6. six first corinthians 15 verse one to nine then there is also that part which involves the declaration of the wealth of the establishment of a great kingdom, a kingdom which has come on to the earth, the kingdom of God. Come on, this out, amen. amen. So the first one is an assurance of a savior. Lift you up your right hand. It's assurance of what? A savior. a savior that has come to the world. The second one is an introduction of a king and his kingdom. When you come into this life you shift from one kingdom into another kingdom the Bible says you are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light Amen. oh come on here you are no longer a sinner all your sins are washed you are born again Amen. hallelujah Amen. in this kingdom nothing touches you because the ruler of this kingdom is God himself and Jesus becomes your senior brother and the angels of God becomes your servants and even the currency you spend in this kingdom is not either dollars or pounds they are Judas, the just shall live by faith come on shout amen very powerful kingdom. The Bible calls it the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. So you preach to the people and tell them that, hey, you are an assurance of a salvation. You are introduced into another kingdom. You don't belong just anywhere. The family which you used to belong to, you don't belong to that family anymore. You belong to the family of God. Shout Amen. Jesus is your brother. You are not a hair; You are a co hair with Christ. And John hair with him. I love this. I love this. In the content of the gospel, you encounter something we call the cross of Christ. The gospel message, the disciples of Christ preached, was the gospel of the kingdom of God. The gospel, the kingdom gospel, was in the language of Christ and him crucified. The cross of Christ is central to the gospel. Any gospel which does not bring one to encounter the cross is deficient. Too many people come and they walk here. You don't know the destiny hanging upon your neck. You have not even encountered the cross. You are too quiet. I said you are too quiet. Paul calls the message of the gospel the message of the cross. The cross depicts the self-sacrifice of the king of the kingdom. And as somebody drew our attention, the road that avoids the cross leads to nowhere. There are no sequitious routes. The kingdom of God has a checkpoint and a border control. And it is as the cross of Christ. The passports and entry permits are repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Then we may enter into the kingdom with the full privilege of citizenship. Come on, shout amen. Amen. Come on, shout amen. Amen. Come on, shout amen. Amen. You may not be part of this destiny if you have not encountered the cross where you lay down the things that are pleasant to you where you lay down your sin at his feet. If you don't know it, you have no need today that you are not just happening anywhere today. You have a destiny with your life. Come on. Come on. But can I tell you something, folks? Can I tell you something? Your fathers proved this gospel and it is your time to prove it. They proved it in power. Amen. And they proved it in authority. Amen. Come on. Amen. There, is not, there is nothing under this sun that can change the life of man but the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is what Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 spoke about and said, for the gospel, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes everybody say the gospel is power power. it's the gospel that changes men and transforms them them. shout "Amen." amen it moves them from where they are and brings them to another place it is when somebody has come to Christ and encountered this power, the next verse says, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. After you have received it, what will cause you to be changing and be changing and be transforming is when you start becoming a witness. In this church, as soon as you come in and accept Jesus Christ, the next thing we do is that we bring you to the platform. And we ask you to say your testimony. And your life will begin to change. I dare people who write manuals for discipleship that the first course of discipleship which works is whether the person who has come to Jesus has become a witness or not. If you have not become a witness your life cannot blossom. As soon as you begin to preach the gospel, things that are in you begin to surface. Your beauty begins to shine. The glory of God begins to shine upon you. Come on, shout amen. amen. Just like the Bible says, arise and shine for your light is come and the glory of God is risen upon you. It is when you arise and start preaching the gospel. Recently, I was traveling to home to go and visit somebody with my with my executive. Right beside the road very early in the morning we felt like buying coconut. So we stopped. Amen. Amen. And when we stopped. We bought the coconut. The young man is about 17 or 16 years, so he was about to pass. But as soon as I sat in the car, I came out again. And I looked him straight in the eyes and asked him, Gentlemen, do you know Jesus? He got confused. And I said, kneel down here. Let me pray for you. It is not difficult. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And he knelt. I said, lift up, lift up your two hands. He did. And I led him to accept Jesus Christ and we prayed for him. When we went and we were coming back, he was still in the same place where we left him. I, I got down and to talk with him small. And then these were the words he said. I am grateful to God that you passed here. Amen. I said, why? He said, because I have decided I was going to take my life this night until you came. Many people are like this losing their lives every day and here we are very comfortable but we are forgetting that we are not here by chance but we are here for a purpose. Before I lead you to prayer let me tell you this. that this meeting from this period on is not going to get back again. Not. His glory is going to be greater than this. Yeah. But the purpose for which God has set it is that you will begin to take the gospel as your priority, as your zealous passion, Let no man or no woman pass by you without you looking at him and asking him whether he knows Jesus and passing it on to him. In that regard, your own life in your schools, your own life in your homes, your own life in your working places must become example You must become witnesses. The people in there shall look at your life and see your life as witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the purpose for your life and ministry will be fulfilled. God bless you.